Hey guys, welcome to Precision Nutrition's Eat, Move, and Live Better podcast. I'm Dr. John Berardi, co-founder of Precision Nutrition, and if you're not familiar with us, over the last 15 years, we've become the world's largest online nutrition, fitness, and health coaching company. Through that time, as you can imagine, we've watched fad diets and fitness crazes come and go. But when the fads have failed and the crazes died out and people just want something that works, they turn to Precision Nutrition for things like expert coaching, guided mentorship, and online support. In this podcast, which is a mix of recorded articles, interviews, and roundtable discussions, myself and my Precision Nutrition colleagues will help make the whole nutrition, fitness, and health process work for you. Ideally, you'll discover that eating, moving, and living well can be easy and enjoyable for now and into the future. So let's get started. Hey everyone, it's Bryce from Precision Nutrition, and today I'm reading the article, Why Working Out Causes Weight Gain, and What to Do About It. Hedonic Compensation is Less Likely When You're Having Fun, by Craig Weller. You've probably heard that working out causes weight gain instead of loss. Well, it's true. If you see working out as an unpleasant chore, you're more likely to make poor nutrition choices and undo your efforts. But if you have fun with physical activity, you'll get better results more quickly. Here's what Craig has to tell us. I was having dinner with my girlfriend recently at a beachside restaurant. We sat outdoors under a canopy of trees overlooking the ocean. There were other tables around us and a few families. Kids who had grown bored of the grown-up talk had abandoned their seats and were playing on the beach. A little girl, maybe four years old, shot past us, ricocheted off a tree, and skidded to a stop near our table. She was wielding an imaginary sword, fighting off a horde of imaginary ninjas or pirates, and thanks to her lightning-fast reflexes and karate chops, seemed to be winning. After a series of kicks, rolls, and sound effects, she popped triumphantly to her feet, hurtled over a stone-retaining wall, and sprinted away. What that shows us is that for most kids, physical movement is a joy. It's an inherent part of play. And it's just how you get around. It's what you do for fun, to get home from school or to escape a band of pretend pirates. They don't move around begrudgingly because they feel they have to. They move around because it's fun. When we become adults, something changes. We don't sword fight pirates anymore. We battle our email inboxes, which are very unfun opponents. We sit in cars or trains on our way to work, where we sit at desks. At the end of the day, we return home, and that's right, sit down to relax. Movement becomes a smaller part of our day, and our bodies adapt to this. Joints stiffen, posture changes, metabolism shift. We put on weight, and we're not happy about this. Hoping to change things, we put movement back into our lives. And the prescription? Exercise. As grown-ups, we don't do this by cartwheeling across the beach to kick an imaginary ninja in the face. We do it through this thing called exercise. We exercise at home with a DVD workout or a dusty set of dumbbells. Or we join a gym in which we hamster away on treadmills that face TVs or a wall. Or maybe we try to stay outside and we go running, walking, or ride a bike for exercise. But there's a problem here. Exercise doesn't work. In fact, we have another article that talks about how a bunch of research has shown that people who exercise regularly, even with a top-notch program, without addressing the way they eat, don't lose that much or even any weight. And in some cases, working out causes weight gain. 
You can find that article online at precisionnutrition.com forward slash when dash exercise dash doesn't dash work. Make sure to check it out. Now people can spend thousands of dollars, hours of hours of hours of time. They can work hard and really, really want to do the right thing. Yet, after several months, the scale will have barely budged. They might switch out a little fat for a little more muscle, but it's not a big change. Now, this doesn't mean that exercise does nothing, of course. It still preserves lean muscle mass and bone density, improves fitness, makes important biochemical changes, and enhances cognitive function and mood. All important stuff. The obvious piece of the puzzle here, though, is nutrition. When exercise is combined with good nutritional habits, the results can be amazing. We've seen this thousands of times in our coaching programs. Nutrition alone can work fairly well for weight loss, in some cases. Exercise without nutrition? Not so much. Combine the two, and the results can be life-changing. Now, this is still puzzling, though. How is it that exercise, which can have massive physiological impact, doesn't change our bodies without nutrition interventions? While introducing hedonic compensation. You might know the term hedonism, which refers to the pursuit of pleasure. The theory of hedonic compensation suggests that if we feel like we lose out on pleasure in one area, we look to compensate for it elsewhere. Thus the thought process of, I've had a lousy day, I deserve a treat. In 2014, researchers explored three different studies that helped to show why exercise alone doesn't usually produce weight loss. In these studies, they found that perceiving a physical activity as fun rather than exercise, meant that people chose less junk food during meals. People ate less candy when offered a snack from a self-serve container. And people chose healthy snacks more often than unhealthy snacks. In other words, because exercise is not seen as fun, people compensate by finding fun elsewhere. And here's what they learned. In study number one, thinking of movement as exercise instead of fun makes people get more of their calories from sugary desserts. In this study, participants walked 30 minutes around a university campus. Half of them were told that the walk was for exercise, and half that it was for fun. Both groups got a free lunch after their walk, with both healthy and unhealthy options. Here were the results. People ate the same amount of calories, but there was a difference in the type of calories. People in the exercise group served themselves larger portions of the junk food options and ate more from those portions than the people in the fun category. Here's study number two. Thinking of movement as exercise instead of fun makes people serve themselves more candy. So in this study, a group of participants were once again asked to walk, some for exercise and some for fun, sightseeing. Afterwards, participants were invited to help themselves from a large bowl of M&M candies by scooping some of them into a Ziploc bag. The results? The people in the exercise group served themselves substantially more M&Ms, 372 calories worth on average, than the people who had done the same physical activity but with a fun mindset. They only took 166 calories on average. Alright, now let's take a look at study number three. The less fun runners have in a race, the more likely they are to choose a candy bar afterward instead of a healthier option. This third study examined runners doing a race, a relay in which people took turns running between about 5 and 7 kilometers. Once runners had finished the race, they were asked to fill out a questionnaire about how they felt about the race, then given a choice of snack, either a relatively healthy cereal bar or a relatively unhealthy chocolate bar. 
Here are the results. The runners who had the most fun during the race were also the most likely to choose the healthy snack. Enjoying the race less meant a greater chance of choosing the unhealthy snack. Now to understand more about this exercise versus fun dilemma, it helps to understand the difference between intrinsic and extrinsic rewards. Intrinsic rewards mean that we do things for some inner reason, like fun or interest or the joy of learning or the quiet triumph of solving a puzzle. Even if nobody sees us doing those things, we feel good about them and we enjoy the entire process regardless of our results. Extrinsic rewards mean that we do things for some external validation, measurement, or approval, like a trophy or a medal or public recognition or a timer or calorie counter or other people saying, good job. A theory called activity engagement theory suggests that when an activity is intrinsically rewarding, we don't feel the need to compensate or be compensated for doing it. The activity itself is the reward. But when we're doing something that's extrinsically rewarding, we'll naturally seek an external reward to follow it. And we don't usually enjoy the process much since we're so focused on the results and making sure whether other people or things see those outcomes. Makes sense, of course. After all, we don't put in 40 hours a week at an office job for the sheer joy of sitting in a cubicle staring at a glowing white square. We want the paycheck, and maybe the social status of being assistant vice manager for the 11th district or whatever. On the other hand, we usually don't expect any recognition or reward for doing our favorite hobby. We just like making quilts or fly tying or paint by the numbers or whatever else we're into. This is the part of the reason that exercise alone doesn't work, and why exercise plus nutrition coaching does. We're seldom in the gym sweating away because, gosh, there's nothing I'd rather be doing with my time right now than push-ups, but because of the future payoff. And when our motivation has to come from outside the activity and not from the inherent joy of the activity itself, we're more likely to fall into the hedonic compensation that these studies highlight. In other words, we'll feel, even if unconsciously, like we deserve a treat, because we dutifully did our chore of exercise. Now the good news here is that by adding nutrition coaching, or even just awareness of your eating, you can prevent hedonic compensation and make many other helpful changes. Alright, but what happens when we exercise and the compensation drive isn't there, because we had fun while exercising? Remember, the people in these studies were doing the same physical activity, they were just thinking about it differently. So when movement becomes intrinsically rewarding, the whole process becomes easier. We're more likely to engage fully and exert ourselves more. Think about how excited you are to dive for a frisbee if you love ultimate, or tackling the double black diamond run if you love snow sports. If we love what we do, we no longer need to white-knuckle willpower our way into avoiding the hedonic compensation effect afterward. Nutrition is still valuable, but now instead of focusing our nutrition efforts on avoiding negative things, like don't eat the cookie, don't eat the cookie, we can use more of our energy to seek positive things. Hey, let's try this new gourmet nutrition recipe. We get better results, we're happier, activity is joyful. And that's a powerful shift. We can make exercise more effective by making it more enjoyable. In other words, making your physical activity fun isn't an indulgence. It's a powerful, maybe even essential, long-term weight loss strategy. Now here's a side note for trainers and coaches. Try structuring training around improving skills. Making exercise fun is a fine line to walk as a coach, because you have to design workouts that are both enjoyable 
and accomplish your physical goals for the session. You have to balance intrinsic reward with an external purpose. The bridge between work and play is deliberate practice, which requires focused engagement and constant feedback on a challenging task. It's not fully play, but people still find it motivating to feel like they're getting better at something. So if you want to help your clients enjoy deliberate practice, try some of these tips. Direct your client's attention to specific parts of the process, such as the way their knees or hips are moving in an exercise. This helps clients tune into their own skill development, which can be highly rewarding. Make sure clients understand and can do what you're asking. Otherwise, you're setting them up for frustration and disappointment. And work at a level of desirable difficulty that makes the effort challenging, but still allows clients to be generally successful. Winning is fun, after all. And give immediate feedback, either from you or from their own self-monitoring, about how well they're doing. Clarity eases insecurity and anxiety. And lastly, help them see their progress in the long term, over weeks and months, as well as the short term, within the workout. Call out and celebrate that progress no matter how small. Okay, now what to do next? Well, you might want to think about what you enjoy. Each person has their own ideas about what movement is fun or intrinsically rewarding. So experiment, try stuff. And make the program fit you, not the other way around. Work with your body, your lifestyle, your schedule, and your interests. Do what you love. And build on success. Sniff out fun and enjoyment like a bloodhound. Look for small victories and little joys everywhere, then build on them. And do more of what you discover to work. You can also make it social. Whether it's taking turns under the bar in a squat rack or meeting up for a morning run, training is more fun with friends, and we'll often push ourselves harder than we would if we were training solo. Another tip, think movement instead of exercise. Get out of the gym and play. Things like hiking, biking, walking, running around the park with your kids, or almost any sport can have the same training effect as exercising in a gym, and they're likely to be more fun in their own right. Think of playing instead of exercising, and forget about counting reps and sets and rest intervals. Now, of course, you don't have to ditch formal exercise. Gym exercise can make your fun activities better by improving movement patterns, increasing strength and overall fitness, or helping rehab injuries that might prevent you from playing. So think about exercise and play as a relationship. They work together, making each component better. And a tip for everyone, make it a game. What's a game for you? Friendly competition? Doing goofy stuff? Racing to beat a clock? Coming up with a ridiculous bet like, I bet I can hit the basket if I throw backwards over my head? Or that old childhood favorite, the floor is covered in alligators and hot lava so you can't step on it? Whatever makes things gameful, add them. In the end, finding your favorite physical pursuits doesn't have to be a chore. Think of it as a chance to have fun, feel the joy of movement, and let your inner kid loose for a while. Once you start playing, who knows, you might never want to stop. This has been Bryce from Precision Nutrition, reading today's article, Why Working Out Causes Weight Gain, and What to Do About It. Hedonic Compensation is Less Likely When You're Having Fun, by Craig Weller. You can read the article online yourself at precisionnutrition.com forward slash stop dash working dash out. Thanks for listening, everyone. Get out there and have some fun, and we'll see you later. Okay, everyone, that's it for this week's edition of Precision Nutrition's Eat, Move, and Live Better podcast. For more information about how to eat, move, and live better yourself, and for some awesome free nutrition and health resources, 
come visit us on the web at www.precisionnutrition.com. You could also visit us on Facebook or on Twitter at InsidePN. Talk to you next time.